It's exciting. Just got to get up and do it. There are no excuses. Excuses are for losers. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Ron Cooperman. He is a real estate investor in the, uh, the Philly area of New Jersey, and uh, he's doing some awesome things. I've met Ron through Bigger Pockets, and today the conversation we're having is a mix of his experience in real estate investing and the topic of, am I too old to invest in real estate? Is it too late for me to get started in real estate investing? And I don't want to spoil it for you. I want to make you hang on, but Ron had some uh, health-related difficulties prior to his real estate investing. Uh, things that I think most people, well, one, might not have survived, but two, if they did, might not have the uh, gusto, the motivation, the drive to do all of the things that he has done. And you're going to learn about what those things are. Just uh, hang on. Rod's going to tell you about them. But super, I would say super inspiring, super instructive, great things to learn from his experiences and um, just the deals that he's doing uh, there in that area. He's making some awesome marketing. He's doing some really awesome things. When you hear the numbers, you're just going to be, oh, man, I wish I could be doing those. And uh, he's going to tell you how he does it, where he finds the deals and super amiable guy and i think just uh, just great lessons all around that's what we're talking about today with ron Cooperman. for those of you who are new to the show i'm your host taylor Vogt. i'm a real estate investor i'm a real estate syndicator i buy multifamily properties with passive investors and split the return i want to thank you for tuning in i think you know I'm just i'm just happy to be able to feature somebody like ron to be able to learn from somebody like ron and uh, his knowledge his experience his mentality his goals those are all things that we're talking about today so without any further ado here we go with ron cooperman ron thank you for joining us today my pleasure taylor i'm excited to talk with you you're a super fun guy you have such a cool story you're doing so many uh awesome things but uh you know for our listeners out there who you know don't know who you are. Can you tell us a bit about, you know, how you got into real estate investing? Why, you know, your story on that? I started out as a passive investor with a guy who put real estate apartment syndications together, very similar to yourself. And then I had a very bad car accident, spent 60 days in the hospital, 90 days in rehab. And to pass the time, uh, I knew I was never going to work again. I listened to a lot of podcasts on uh, real estate and said, this is the answer. And I had a retired friend who was flipping houses. He says, why don't we flip houses? And I said, no, I need a steady stream of income. So if you want to join together and buy investment properties, Amen. So we got together. Truthfully, I was on a walker at the time when I started, which was uh, April of 2018 at the age of 61. Wow. Wow. And you had another experience, which we've, you and I talked about offline prior, a couple of years prior to that, a cancer diagnosis, which you made through. Can you tell us a bit about that as well? 
In 2012, I was diagnosed with esophagus cancer stage three, seven centimeter lump, I guess, and uh, was given a 15% chance to live. Uh, I owned an insurance business and basically just sold it to my partners at any price because I wasn't going to work if I lived for um, at least 18 months. I went through six cycles of chemo, 30 days of radiation, 21 days in the hospital for surgery, and a, a year recovery. But I was lucky. The chemo either works or it doesn't work. And by the time the surgery occurred, the cancer was out of my body. Just total luck. Wow. That's amazing. That's, it's just, uh, just incredible. And you were also telling me, um, about your goals right now with your real estate investments as pertains to, uh, kids, grandkids and all of that, you know, can you tell us about that too? Sure. I have four children, two from my first marriage, two from my lovely second wife. And, uh, my goal would be to leave or to start investing with my children. And if I feel if each one had 25 properties similar to what I have, that they would be set for life. And for my grandchildren, if I was able to put one in each one of their names when they were one, two, three, that by the time they were 18, I think it would pay for half their college or give them $150,000, whatever number to uh, start their life. What could be better than that? Nothing. That's, that's awesome. And, Maybe you know, they would even like me at that stage. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they do now. I'm sure they do now. It's um, questionable. But we originally you know, connected on bigger, a bigger pockets post where I think somebody had asked about this concept of, am I too old to start investing in real estate? Is it too late? And your just your response just, uh, you know, has, has completely blew me away about that and your, you know, mentality of, of getting into this business. I mean, what, a, what, a, is there something about you that, you know, as you got out of the hospital, you need this income and you're not, you didn't say, you know, I'm too old. I'm too beat up. I can't do it. What is it? I don't know. That sets you apart. Like, how did you My wife do it? demanded I be out of the house three or four hours a day. I knew I could not work truthfully through my passive investments in real estate. Um, I knew that income generating real estate offered a better return, more controlled than the stock market, and that it would give me something to be active in, I knew absolutely nothing, Taylor, nothing at all. And just said, let's, let's go for it. I found a partner who was flipping houses. And I would say our second deal, we bought six. And I said to him, we're either going to be in business or we're not. And uh, we went from it there and we bought total rehabs, HUD properties, tax sales, tenant occupied. I'm sure we made every mistake known to man 
and then came upon a formula that is that has worked. So what is the the secret formula that works for you? Maybe that's too uh too tough a question, but uh what is it nah, that works? Nah. We look for properties. We're in New Jersey. In New Jersey, you have high tax rates. So we picked an area with good schools and uh, blue-collar workers and um, went after looking for the 2% rule. These days, that's tough. Well, I didn't say these days, 2018. Okay, gotcha. And that's what we did. And And after gyrations, we decided tenant occupied was the only way to go where the tenant was under market and the house needed to be refreshed. So we were able to get the tenants rent up over a year or two to market, you know, paint, carpet, whatever to get the house. Basically the formula was $60,000 for the house and $1,200 a month in rent. That's that's pretty good. Now, were you finding those properties on the MLS? Was this brought to you uh, from a wholesaler? Was it some other strategy? Mm, I would say in all truthfulness, I think we only have bought four on the MLS. But one from a wholesaler, network people, we got lucky where a guy got overextended and had a hundred and the bank was foreclosing. We knew the guy and truthfully, I think I bought 20 of those hundred. Wow. In that case, like how did you step in and did you like save those from the bank? Did you get them from the, keep them from going to the, from the bank in, in the, to the bank in the first place? taken from the bank or like what was your you know how did you step in and get those properties the properties would have been in his name banks moved ridiculously slow (laughs) still do i i I don't even know how how they do things tried to buy the note that didn't work and truthfully we were able to negotiate with him who negotiated i guess a short sale with the bank to get them off their books. And uh, we were pretty successful in that fashion. Interesting. Bought a couple from hard money lenders who would lend him money. So that's something I just wanted to get rid of them. I don't think that's brought up uh, quite enough in a lot of these spaces that hard money lenders that lend on property flips that go bad sometimes have to foreclose and get rid of those properties now how were you able to get you said 60k for the properties did that formula apply there you get were you getting in there we bought four from hard money at fifty-five thousand each fifty-five thousand each so in this case you know are you coming with your own cash are you bringing money from another hard money lender or private lender or are you self-funding believe it or not hard money lenders do not like to lend money on properties that they've been burned <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> believe it being one of the benefits 
of being older is we, my partner and I had some assets. So truthfully, we have used hard money, but 80%, 70% is, is our money. We buy for cash and then we later go to the bank to, uh, to refi. Okay. So you've said, um, that 2% deal was working 2018, which I mean, 2018 isn't that long ago, right? But things can change. So how has your strategy adapted? We're recording here at the end of 2020, but we're heading into 2021. How has that strategy changed for you? Well, the properties we bought in 2020 were all properties that this man had financial difficulties. The banks had liens on them had not foreclosed, we ended up negotiating with him and the bank and uh, several banks and buying them at even better deals because the banks at the end of the year just wanted them off their books. Interesting. So, I mean, how does that even work with like COVID? I mean, you're not sitting in the same room. Are you doing this over the phone? Like, how are you even corresponding with them to negotiate these deals? Well, the bank won't talk to us because the property technically is owned by the guy who owes them money who hasn't paid him in 18 months or whatever. So we're negotiating with him and then he's negotiating with the bank. Interesting. Okay. And that is that another one? I mean, is that just from knowing him at these networking yeah. events? Met him at a networking event. And uh, met another guy at a networking event that we bought six from. Yes. Just be being out there. Interesting. I'm a pretty gregarious guy. I meet people. I'm not afraid to pick up the phone. I'm trying to buy 30 from an 84-year-old man who wants to take back 95% financing. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Are you like, I don't what's, know if that deal is going to work, but is he just trying to get some, uh, like passive income coming in? Are you getting a discount on yes. that? I mean, that, that's a huge amount of financing, not a discount, but, uh, he's offered 20 year, five year balloons, 6%, but not a cheap price. He's on the properties are all, the rents are all below market. Hasn't fixed them up. Being honest, he's not that motivated. It keeps him somewhat active. I've been chasing him for six months. I'm like a dog with a bone. <laughs> I don't give up. Pretty tenacious and, you know. Yes. How have you seen, so you, you're investing pre-COVID now uh, within COVID and all the eviction moratoriums and everything. I, I don't know what the eviction situation is in New Jersey, but I cannot imagine it's very, you know, friendly to property owners. How has that impacted, you know, your business? I mean, obviously you're still closing deals, but you know, collection's still good. Are you getting deals from people who have had cash flow problems because of COVID and you know, tenants not paying? Like how has that impacted your market? We budget five percent for vacancy non-payment running 10%. However, property values here 
as I'm sure in Richmond, are up tremendous in, in value. So my plan is to, we have 50 properties now. My plan is to go to the tenant, try to sell them to the tenant, or when the year ends, January, February, when I get an idea about eviction, truthfully, raise their rents to where they move out and sell the properties. I'm in these properties for 60,000 with 25,000 of renovation because my partner does them. They're worth 140. I sold one today for 150 grand. So that's the plan for 2021. Oh, when you're my age, Taylor, all you care about is income. So me, I don't care if income is from rent, sale, refi. I don't care. As long as I have a strong financial statement that uh, I can draw out enough money to support my wife the way she wants to be. Forget the kids. So I want to make sure we really uh, cover this topic of because it just because it comes up all the time, and I, I feel like the you know mindset is so important getting into real estate. This topic of too old to get started in real estate, right? I, I hear people, I see people in their mid twenties saying, "I missed the boat because I didn't wasn't buying properties when I was twenty one." I'm thirty one. I feel like yeah, I wish I would have gotten started earlier. But you know, what are you going to do? I'm Me not- too. <laughs> uh, look. My answer is there are advantages at my age. My personal finances are probably stronger than most 30-year-olds. My network of of friends are financially stronger than a 30-year-old's network if I need money. So uh, banks have more respect for me than they might have for a 30-year-old. So... Truthfully, I feel I have advantages. Interesting. I, I Did think, that answer your question? I think so. I, th- I think the even deeper, like reading into that, that, that <laughs> answer is so many people who want to say, do all blah, blah, blah. They're focusing on a potential negative, whereas you're finding the actual positive like side of that situation is you have more relationships, more capital, more business experience since you owned your own business before that you're bringing to the table that, you know, someone who's, I don't know, just getting out of college doesn't have, you know, those resources or that experience. When he's talking to the bank, it's a little, I'm talking at the president level of the community bank, not the loan officer level. Yes, we bring experience, we bring capital. And again, our goal is to buy for, for cash and then go finance later. We don't need, you know, unless we're doing a large deal like we're doing next week, we don't need money. And that's because of our age. And, and we're, you know, I, I told you 2%. We're also after 18% cash on cash. So, I mean, you start looking at all these numbers, you're not going to get them in the stock market. You're not going to get them anywhere else. And then 
I know some pretty successful real estate guys to to bounce off questions. I think, to be honest with you, I have tremendous advantages over you, not you particularly. I I, I, I take your meaning. I think I think I understand what you mean, and I think it's true. I think people oftentimes, especially you know who aren't in real people who aren't in real estate, sometimes tend to look for excuses or reasons not to get in, reasons to be afraid, uh, you know, whatever limiting beliefs, whatever you want to call them. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, just a convenient excuse, I guess. It's just to say, well, our ages are different, but we have different. Taylor, when I started this, I had just gotten out of rehab. I was on a walker with a driver. Okay. Going up to do my first deal, which was from a wholesaler. So, I mean, People are afraid. Yes, I'm not. Make a mistake, make a mistake. Just tell my wife we're downgrading houses. <laughs> I hope that goes Forget well. that. Sorry, honey. You got to return that car you just got. Nice. Well, right now, we're going to take a quick, quick break for our sponsor. All right, Ron, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yes, uh, sir. First one, what's the best investment you ever made other than in your education? All right. The best was as a passive investor where the individual, somebody I'm friendly with, put real estate, apartment real estate in New York together. 2011, he buys a building for $50 million. 2016, he sells 90% for 127 million. I put in 150 grand and got 800. My son, who's now 18, he and I went over to his house to pick up the check. He had 18 million in checks sitting there for his (laughs) investors. Never laughed so hard in my life. The best deal I did as an investor is I just, completed a deal where we bought four properties, seven from uh, seven doors from a bank for 350,000. Zillow has them at 570. The rent roll is 8,500 a month. That deal was done, I'm going to say 45 days ago. Calculate the returns. Enormous. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I don't try, I try not to do public math, but <laughs> can you sum it up for us? What you're looking at? I'm looking at a, uh, a field day of goodness. A lot of cash. I mean, flow. I'm looking at $3,000 a month, positive cash flow on a hundred thousand dollar investment. We used the bank to finance that deal. We put up a hundred and the bank put up uh, 270. And when I run the numbers, taxes, vacancy, management, insurance, repairs, everything, we net 3000 a month on a $100,000 investment. What kind of terms you get uh, on your note from the bank? That one was 5%, 25 years, five-year adjustable. Just got four point. Seven five twenty year five year adjustable. Just got that today 
on on a refi to do another deal. But my worst deal was in 2006, I bought a house with a partner in the Dominican Republic for 2.1 million after fixing it up 2.4, furnishing it, 2.4 million. In 2012, I was ill, and we rented it to some guy who destroyed the property. It's under contract right now to be sold for $630,000. Oh, man. I mean, he literally destroyed it. He didn't, he, he didn't like a typical renter just break some things. I mean, it's like he burned uh, it down. It was all cement, and he, he did a good job, you know. What I learned is truthfully, don't invest in foreign countries and don't invest outside my area where I can see my house. Yeah, that is a disaster. It's life, brother. You're going to have wins. You're going to have losses. So that was a, that was a good loss. Oh, well, we had it the best investments. It's not done. You got us the best investment and the worst investment. So we got both those questions out of the way. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Be disciplined. Do not compromise. Yeah, it's nice. It's this. If your rules are your rules, stick to your rules. 2021, unless evictions are rampant i don't see where we're going to be buyers they're not going to be on the mls they're going to be somebody who owned four or five who got hammered through covid and uh is just going to want to get out or it's going to be a bank who says hey just take them just give me whatever and take them. I do not see, I don't see any deals. Our goal is to sell to homeowners, tenants, if they qualify or evict or raise the rents to where they say no moss, good, we get it back. We're in at 60, oh, 40, put 20 in and get 140, 150. So we're very excited about uh, 2021. Nice. We've got awesome things ahead. Thank you for joining us today, bringing us all this, uh, this wisdom. If folks want to get in touch My with pleasure. you, if people out there want to find you, get in touch, ask questions, where can they do that? Send me an email. R O N we have we don't have a website R O N A C O O P at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well I mean we're nothing we're nothing special. I don't know, man. You're making some big bucks there. That sounds pretty special to me. Okay. A lot of luck, a lot of work, a lot of fun. Good. More fun than anything. Good. That's what's uh, important. And yes. making money making money having fun yes yes because i feel that i'm in a position right now where my net worth has increased significantly 
and that I can live the rest of my life without any changes. Now the focus is on my children. Maybe again, they'll like me. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, I love that, Ron. Thank you for joining us today and sharing all this uh, experience. Uh, Taylor, it's exciting. Just got to get up and do it. There are no excuses. Excuses are for losers. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to make a sound bite out of that. Well, uh, thank you once again to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who can use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them to the tribe. We're also live streaming this on YouTube. I know some of Ron's friends are going to watch it. I'm going to be sending him the link here. But uh, if you want to join the conversation live, look us up on YouTube, Passive Wealth Strategy. Uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that great stuff. And we look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>